songs speak to us so very clearly. You're my living hope, our only living hope. And as we take a look today at letting freedom reign, sometimes there's different teachings and different things that begin to push in on our faith in Jesus Christ. And we just want to make sure that we're living the free life that you've given to us. And I know that that has uh, boundaries and it has uh, some sides to it that we want to talk about today. We do thank you for setting us free from ourselves, <laughs> that sinful nature, that flesh, that I was free to follow, and at the same time was there to lead me into an everlasting life without Jesus Christ. So, Lord, be honorable and powerful to your word today. Help me, your servant. Make it clear, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Morning, everybody. Good to see you here today. How many of you got your taxes all done? All done. How many of you? Yeah. I got a commercial for you. I just want to play real quick. It's real kind of short and to the point. Could you hit the front lights there, the stage lights there? Just give this to me real quick. I think you'll get the point. Uh, Now, what makes that commercial work? The fact that everybody says, maybe just a tad too loud there, Raj. The fact that everybody says nothing is free, and that's why it works As long as I don't fall over, right? That's what makes it work. We say nothing is free. And I know a couple people who used TurboTax and it was free to them. Somebody paid. You think they gave them that commercial for free? And then there is a part of TurboTax, if you get into it a little bit deeper, there's a fee to go any further to do certain things. Freedom. People are skeptical of it. That's what I have at the top of your notes. Pull out your smartphone, follow along with us on the Bible app. Or use your notes in your program there. I have at the top of your notes, skeptical of freedom, because people are skeptical of it. It can't really be free. You know, when you're young and you're innocent, you just think, you know, you get kind of tripped up by all that stuff to find out, man, there really wasn't free. There was something attached to it. And when you get a little bit older and you've been tricked or burned a little bit, you become a little skeptical of freedom. I want to go to the Galatians, the fifth chapter. In the book of Galatians, Uh, They were these Gentiles who had been set free by faith in Jesus Christ alone. But then there was these other people that said, you know, us Jews, you, you got your faith from us. And there really is a few things you need to add to your faith. It's not just in Jesus alone, things like circumcision and some other different things. They had come to know the freedom in Jesus Christ and it was free, 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 free. And they were not free to add anything to their desired faith. And isn't it interesting, verse 1. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourself be burned again by a yoke of slavery. Do you pick up on two things there? That this freedom that they have, as of right now, is determined on standing firm and not letting yourself be yoked into a slavery that they used to be a part of. So how free is it? You know, like I say, for them, it was like these Jewish people had come in and they had said, you know, this is a wonderful thing you have, but this is really kind of where it's at. And this is what I see happening to new Christians. If you've been a Christian about a year or two, there's going to come some type of a crisis in your faith. It it happens to almost every Christian. It definitely happened to me. And the second thing that I see here as we get into verse 7 is in our newfound freedom in Christ, Christians tend to have this time when somebody cuts in. Somebody trips us up a little bit. You know, you become a Christian. I start listening to stuff I never listened to before. I start reading stuff I never read before. Things other than the Scriptures. 
Look at verse 7. He says to them, you were running a good race. This is the Christian life. You were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? Now, the, the King James, I think, uses a better word here. It uses the word to hinder you. The word hinder there means to break up the road, to impede you moving forward. Somebody was moving in on these Christians to impede them from moving forward on their walk. I mean, when I first gave my life to Christ, I worked with a guy who basically said, getting saved isn't enough, you need to speak in tongues. Not as tongues as a gift, but I worked with him day after day. He knew the Bible better than me. He knew all these things. I questioned, I need Jesus. I need to speak in tongues. There's always somebody trying to add something other to our faith. And don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about growing in faith. I'm talking about putting our faith in Jesus Christ. There's somebody coming along. They're writing a book saying, you know, you should be healed. If you have enough faith, you should be healed. They're going to add something to your faith. They're going to tell you, you know, you need to, you need to claim the blessing, the blessed life that God has for you. That's a little bit familiar for all of us. Be careful who you watch. Be careful who you're listening to. Make sure you spend more time in the Word. The Word brings us back. I always find it so interesting that the Scriptures, by God's grace and His Holy Spirit being poured out, that He doesn't camp somewhere for very long on any subject because He knows us Christians will make a theology out of it. We'll make a church out of it or something like that. When I had people telling me all these wonderful and different things that you know, need to come if you're really going to be a real Christian other than just faith in Jesus Christ, the faith in Jesus Christ opens the door for everything, but you have to have this. I began to understand that when I got into the Scriptures and ran the Scriptures, wasn't really focusing on that one thing that somebody picked up on to add to Jesus Christ, to add to faith in Jesus Christ. Just so some of you know, when I first gave my life to Christ, about a year or two into it, I started to hang out with some people who were demon driver-outers, whatever you call them. Everywhere they went, they saw a demon. A lot of different things, right? That's this, this sickness, that thing, whatever it is, that, you know, boom. I, I, I worked with this guy, and, you know, and, and these people that I began to hang out with, they began to, I began to get involved with it. And I was a part of some things that scared the bejeebers out of me. I mean, at one time I got scared so bad, I was scared for six weeks straight. And I just came to realize, you know, these one people, they're trying to take, is somebody trying to take you down a path? other than walking by faith with Jesus Christ? Are they trying to add something to it? It's as if enough, Jesus doesn't try to add enough to our faith by sanctification and all of the disciplines and all of the practices. I would like to talk to you today about a couple different things from Galatians 5. I want to talk to you about freedom, number one, to serve others. See, like we said, freedom has parameters. Now, to most people, you think, freedom to serve others? That does not sound like freedom that kind of sounds like slavery. That kind of sounds like serving her. But you know, when I was young, I, I, I got a job delivering newspapers. I delivered the, the, the plane dealer. And then when I was able to, I got a job working and driving. And when I got a job, I got my own money. And I had freedom. And I had the freedom with my own money to buy the car that I wanted. I, I, at 16, you don't ever think, you know, uh, I probably should pay some rent. That, you know, that's just your parents' path. I never thought about it. I thought about myself. I thought about the freedom I had because I had my own money. I bought myself a snowmobile because I bought what I wanted to do. But then I went to my job, and there were parameters on my job. My boss wanted me to be there at a certain time. you believe that? 
He, he wanted me not to miss so many days. You miss so many days, you basically lose your job, you know. I had my boss telling me what to do, but I had some freedom. Look at verse 13. Folks, Christians, understand freedom has its parameters. You, my brothers and sisters, you were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Could you take a little note in your Bible and write the sinful nature? That's the word for the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law, I find this quite interesting, the, the, the Jews wanted to bring in the law. And so Paul very wonderfully says, that law you're talking about, the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. We talked about it last week, right? I mean, it doesn't make sense that Jesus set me free to serve others unless... I was in bondage and free to serve someone, something else, the flesh. I'm in bondage before I come to Christ. I am free of all of the Christianese and everything that Jesus, I am free to serve the flesh. But being saved and putting your faith in Christ sets us free to serve one another. It set me free to not have to serve only my flesh. Now I realize serving the flesh was living for myself in bondage. And I love verse 14 again. You want to incorporate the law? Well, guess what? You can fulfill the entire part of the law by serving and loving your neighbor as yourself. Here's a picture of Christian freedom. A group of people. They come to a place called church. It's called the assembling together of believers. Where everybody is serving they're brothers and sisters, just like this says. And at the exact same time, is being served. <laughs> That's the wonderful thing about it, being a Christian. That's this biblical divine principle that when we serve each other, in return, we are served. Folks, that doesn't happen when a group of people are only serving the flesh. When people are only serving the sinful nature. There is a test inside of the church that we can all take here in just a second here. But, you know, when I took up a job, I remember a very early job I had. I worked at a place called Induction Brazing on St. Clair over there in Cleveland area. And, and as I worked there, like I said, he, he tested me by making sure I, I was on time. And, you know, doc, if you don't, he, he tested me by making sure I would produce it was all kinds of tests I had to go. He tested me. I seen Evan. You know, you got your way, but are you trainable? He continued to test me with the freedom that I had to work anywhere I wanted to work. And I say to every Christian who's here today, there's a test to understand if you're serving the flesh or if you're serving the spirit or if you're serving your brothers and sisters. It's when you are a part of a church and you are only being served. If you, unless you're a brand new Christian or maybe you walked in here today, no worries. But if you are mature in Christ, you are serving. And if you're only being served, the test is, are you functioning in the realm of the flesh? Because we were saved to serve. Don't use your freedom in Christ to be served only. Serve your brothers and sisters. For the Lord has set us free from the having to serve your sinful nature to serve each other. It's a wonderful divine principle that covers the law. 
everything that was written. Number two, freedom to destroy each other. Oh yeah, there's some freedoms to destroy each other, you know. There's a lot of different freedoms that we really don't want. Like for example, how many of you would like to be fired, I mean freed from your job? Okay, these guys need new jobs over here. You know, how, how many of us, but how, how many of you would like to be evicted, I mean freed from your home? There's a lot of freedoms we really don't want. And then there are those freedoms that take us to a place. I mean, you, you talk about destroying each other. This freedom that we have, it can destroy us. Look at the political debates going on. They are like chewing each other and spitting each other. It happens all the time. Then when it's all over, they'll hug and kiss and it'll all be fine. Trust me, it will come. Verse 15, after he says, hey guys, you got this freedom to serve each other. He says, if you bite and devour, verse 15, if you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. I mean, this isn't unique to the church. Oh yeah, we all know and been a part maybe of some church that they just, they just bit and they devoured each other. Do you know those words actually to me say you can cannibalize yourself? A church can cannibalize itself. It's not unique to the church though. A business can cannibalize itself. Family can cannibalize itself. If you're biting, if you're devouring, if you're chewing on each other to the plate that you're just bloody, you can get to the place where you can destroy each other. And we have the freedom to do that. Mark, the third chapter, verse 24 and 25, Jesus was driving out some demons and they came and said, you're Beelzebub himself. It's only by Beelzebub the demon can you drive each other out. And Jesus said something here that's a principle for that time, but throughout our history and throughout our church. If a kingdom is divided against itself, Jesus said, that kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. The church is free. You know, and he says, listen, if you're going to use your freedom, stay away from cannibalizing each other. Stay away from that place where that, that flesh rules, where you're biting. Isn't it interesting? He uses the word flesh, and then he uses the word you're biting and devouring each other. The sinful nature. And it's so easy to find things wrong. I mean, come on. It is so easy to find things wrong with each other. I mean, we've been set free to love each other and to overlook our frailties. It is easy to spend a little bit of time. Folks, you know, I've been a pastor 27 years, and no doubt when somebody first gives their life to Christ, they're walking high, and they're, you know, they're just loving Jesus, and then they spend a little bit of time with me, and they think, man, he, he's not perfect like I thought he was. You all right? I played a few racquetball where I slammed the racket and the racquetball at times, most especially when Pastor Dale was beating me at the time. And also, you know, like we, we have the freedom to destroy each other. One of the things that makes a business, a church, and let's just say a family, one of the things that makes a family, a, a, a loving family, is their ability to speak kindness and focus on the positives. Don't get me wrong. It's not that they don't have some quirks some irritating and some obnoxious things about them. But it's the family that decides to say, we're going to focus on those as, as a family. Folks, I know families, and you probably do too. They are obnoxious, their character traits and everything about them, all they do is fight. There's a lot of good things, but they never talk about them to each other. And then you get a family 
And I will say this to you. They have the exact same traits as the family that can't get along. They are obnoxious about certain things. They are pushy about certain things. But something wonderful about this family as they love each other is they focus on what is good about each other. They take this Christian approach that says, hey, let's, love, let's not bite and devour each other because we'll destroy this family. To destroy each other is a freedom that we have. Somebody said the Christian principle for this, verse 15, is zip it. When it comes time to say in something or to have to speak, you know, it's just my mind, it's what I need to say, it hurts somebody and we don't care. Come on. Let's go beyond that. We have the freedom to destroy each other. Let's not use that freedom. Number three, there's the freedom to walk with the Holy Spirit. I think that sometimes this just gets blah, 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 blah. The freedom that you and I have to walk with the Spirit. I was at Bible study, and one of the things I love about Bible study, and I like giving people an opportunity to talk because I learn stuff, and stuff sticks in my mind. And I was at Bible study this past week, and somebody was sharing, and they say, the Holy Spirit nudges me. The Holy Spirit gets my attention. The Holy Spirit checks me several times every day. That made me stop and think. Hmm. That person's got to be walking in the Spirit. They're listening to the Spirit. And I will say this to you, that can't happen unless you're in the Word. Be careful that you're not in all these little, little devotions. It's wonderful. But get into the Word. Learn to let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Be in Bible study so you can be learning the Word. What is cut in on you? Who cut in? Who cut in on you so that you don't go to Bible study anymore? Who cut into you? You don't have your daily devotion. You listen to something quick in the car and then you're on your way. Folks, you think I haven't been there? I'm, I'm talking to myself. Do you walk with the Spirit? Does He check you several times throughout the day? That's a beautiful thing. Look at verse 16. After he says, don't devour each other, after he says, you're free to serve each other, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, the sinful nature. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. Oh, this freedom means I don't do whatever I want? He talks about this conflict. When we're born again, we join the other side, folks. That means for a period of time, there's a conflict within me. There's a conflict within you. The desires of what I want to do or what the Spirit asks me to walk in and with Him. If we decide to walk with the Holy Spirit, I would say to you, expect conflict. We get our marching orders from the Spirit, and we get that through the Word. Oftentimes when somebody's struggling through something, I will give them advice. Drop your daily devotions. Maybe I even mentioned it last week. Drop your daily devotions. If you're struggling with something, or with anger or being upset or, or frustration or rage, Focus all your devotional life for two or three days, whatever it takes, on that topic. You watch how the Word of God will set you free, how the Holy Spirit will nudge you, check you all throughout the day, and you'll be like, wow, I'm walking with the Spirit. Now, my, now my, wife, my wife loves to walk. My wife likes to walk, and she likes to hike. I like motorized things. You know, we went to the Grand Canyon. They, she, I mean... She's European. She's Slovenian. She loves to, you know, the hills are alive. There goes Maria. You know, she's walking, 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 you know. 
and, and, and she loves to walk around the parks and stuff like that, and she smells things and sees things, and she's, you know, once, and I'll say, will you go walking with me? And I, I will go walking with her once in a while, and then we get a chance to <coughs> talk, and we get a chance to catch up, and, you know. And, but I don't go out walking by myself. I just don't. I don't go out. I, 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 if I'm going to do something, let me do something competitive. Let me do something. Let me play racquetball or do something. I, running and walking, I just like, I could be doing something else. I don't know. That's where my mind goes. But I would say to everybody here, you ought to pick up the practice of my wife and go walking all the time and go walking with somebody. I mean, I, I won't walk unless she's walking, so I would just say that's what we should do. Don't, don't walk this life. Don't take another step out of here today unless you're determined that you're going to walk with the Spirit, you're going to be in the Scriptures, you're going to walk, and then you won't have to worry about people cutting in on you because I'm telling you, people f- pick up one crazy little weird thing and they make it everything. Whether it's Antichrist, end times, whatever it might be, that's all good and we need to teach that and, I, and I'll do a better job. That's not one of my strong points. But I say to each and every one of you, the Bible is our Holy Spirit companion. He breathed it. He wants to walk with us. Don't walk alone. And I held back verse 18. Here it is. This is the perfect place. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under law. This was the very thing the Jewish people came in and tried to tell them. If, Evan, you walk by the Spirit, if you're in the Scriptures, you won't have to worry about somebody leading you astray down that path of driving demons out. Or thinking there's a demon under every rock. Or or you read the scriptures, you understand. How do you set, do you have to speak in tongues to have everything? What does the scriptures teach? Surprisingly, how little there is about that when so many people make such a big deal about it. When a, a Christian is committed to walking with the Spirit, it sets us free from the bondage that people want to entangle us in. Christian, if you're a young Christian, You're going to have a conflict. And maybe there's somebody here, you walked away from Christ. You're kind of in some kind of mediocre place because some type of a conflict came in. Something messed with your faith. Somebody said, add this to your faith. And when you added that, it wasn't anything you realized. But if you walk in the Spirit, you'll be walking with Jesus Christ. And the freedom we want to focus on is the freedom you have to walk in the Spirit. There's nobody going to tie you down and hog tie you now that you're born again a Christian to say walk in the Spirit. It's your freedom. Number four, we have the freedom to live like Christ. We have the freedom to live like Christ. Folks, you know, all of us here today in some way, shape, or form, I hope you had somebody that you looked up to in, in your life or whatever, but when I was growing up, uh, in so many ways I wanted to be like my dad, just like I guess anybody else, and my dad played pool a lot. I remember, sis. Then my dad, one day, he bought a pool table and had it delivered at home. My dad could play some pool, and I stunk. But I began to learn, and I began to learn as he taught me to be like him, as he taught me how to use the angles how he taught me how to put the ball in a place where it would be ready for the next shot. And while he was at work, I was practicing hours and hours with my friends. So eventually when he would come home, it would be like 50-50, and he's like, you've been practicing. Yeah, Dad, I've been practicing to be like you. Now this is a really simple phrase, isn't it? Freedom to live like Christ. Let's not let it be simple. Let's take it deeper because the very place that I wanted to give you here today, the very place that I wanted to get to was Galatians 5, 22 and 23 because I think the best way 
for Pastor Daniel to come to this church is to have people understanding what it means to be set free, to put faith in Jesus Christ, and to walk like Jesus Christ because of the Spirit, because of Christ, because the word fruit means results. The results of walking in the Spirit come to a very famous passage of Scripture that you guys may know, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. You're going to walk in the Spirit? The law sets us free. But the fruit of the Spirit, the result, let me give you the definition for the word fruit. It's that which originates or comes from something or someone. The fruit, the result of what? Walking in the Spirit. Puts on the characteristics of Jesus Christ, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such things. For the third time, there is no law. The wonderful thing about following Jesus Christ, about being and having the results of the fruit of the Holy Spirit is you fulfilled the law and at the same time, you've been set free from the law. Jesus came and filled, love your neighbor as yourself. And constantly, he was doing something a little different than the law had specifically had there for him, and he got in trouble for it. Constantly getting in trouble for trying to do something that was kind and good, healing somebody on the Sabbath. Isn't it right to do goodness and kindness? This fruit that is bore by us, is to be in a greater and a greater measure. Matter of fact, I have renamed it and called it freedom fruit. I call it freedom fruit. You have the freedom to live this way, and you can live the opposite of every one of these if you want. You walk in the flesh. You have that freedom. But you've been set free to be like Christ. These fruits right here are how he lived his life. At the one point, he, he didn't come to, to fulfill every one of the laws. At the same time, he says he came to... To, to fulfill every law. He didn't come to do every little boom, 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 but at the same time, his love, his patience, his kindness, all of that fulfilled the law. And you can fulfill the law by faith in Jesus Christ alone, which can take you to a place where you are producing the fruit of the Spirit against such things. There is no law. Paul is going back to the Galatians wanting them to not have to continue to incorporate anything but your faith in Jesus. Your faith in Jesus can take you to a place more mature than adding any other thing to your faith in Jesus. It's Jesus. It's faith in Him alone. To me, this is the sanctified life. This is the sanctified life right here. You know, everybody knows John three sixteen. For God so loved the world, wonderful. Christians that are here today, let's move on from that. If you're mature and you want to grow in Christ, let's go to Galatians, 2, um, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Let's move to there. One of the reasons I sign the bottom of my emails, which all of you know, with one of the fruits of the Spirit every year, for however long you know me, every year I pick a different fruit and I mine is this year's kindness because I need to drive it into my mind. I need to sign it. You want to see something funny, you want to hear something funny, maybe not so funny. One year I did patience. I signed everything patience. My family told me, don't you ever do that again. Because everywhere I went, I ended up waiting, and they were waiting with me if I was there. Lord, have mercy. Take me a long time to get there. Folks, you have freedom fruit. This is your sanctification. What law can you add to a person's life who is living by 
love, joy, peace, patience. What law can you add to somebody who's walking by the Spirit? Sanctification is that perfect love that we begin to walk in. Freedom has set us free from the opposite of every other kind of bad fruit. So you could fulfill freedom fruit. Now in your notes, I have when two freedoms clash. You ever think about that? There's lots of times two freedoms clash in a lot of different ways. Matter of fact, uh, according to everything I know about America, I have the freedom of speech. I have the freedom of speech. I can say, I can protest, I can do all kinds of things. But guess what? I'm going to be getting on a plane in a little bit, and my wife and my daughter are hoping I will resist saying one word. Bomb! Bomb! It was one word. At that point, I will probably be dragged in strip search, and I don't even want to think about it. At that point, I violated somebody else's right, and everybody else there has the right to be protected from some nut saying there's a bomb or yelling there's a bomb or just... I'm a, I'm, so at some point, two freedoms clash and collide, and that's the freedom that the Galatians were struggling with, and we str- there's, the, there's the freedom of walking in the Spirit. And there's a freedom of, of every freedom that he gives us. And then there's the freedom of the sinful nature and the flesh. And they collide. In your notes, I have how you use your freedom determines your freedom. Now you know that there's two of them. In the spiritual realm, there's two of them. We have two freedoms before us. I call the first one the freedom of self-destruction. You call it whatever you want. Freedom of the flesh. It's self-destruction. To, 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 to live by the flesh, to bite and devour each other for while we're here on this earth, it will end up in destruction and it'll end up in hell. You have that freedom. And it collides in the Christian realm when you're born of the Spirit with the freedom of the spiritual life. The other one is a selfish life. It's the freedom of the spiritual life. You have the freedom to walk in the Spirit. You have the ability to become like Christ. You have the freedom to emit the results of your walk with Jesus Christ by bearing the fruit of the Spirit. Tom Rainer said, quote, a church cannot survive long-term where members are focused on their own preferences. I come to church, I don't like it because I don't get this. I come to church, I don't like it because I don't get that. I wasted. And I, we're open to input, and we understand some of that, but just be careful. I have in your notes, so just let your Christian freedom ring loud. Wherever you are, whatever you do, don't let your life be a part of somebody saying, geez, you know, are you sure that you know who you are? Because he ends with these three verses that if I could end with them here with you today. Verse 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Check the box or no? If you walk with Jesus, you have to deal with the desire of the sinful nature. Here's a statement here, verse 25. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Don't let anyone, don't let anything cut in on your Bible time on being at church, on being in fellowship. Don't let anybody cut in on your prayer time. It's the word for hindered, to break up the road, to keep you from going further forward. And then verse 26, let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Why is that there? I'm not exactly sure I know, but I think I know this. 
when a person begins to practice and become like Christ, and they're bearing the freedom fruit, there is this little itsy-bitsy part of every one of us to think we're holier than thou. To think, you know, I know where I'm at, and I know where you're at. And I know I'm walking in love, and I know I'm walking in this, but I, I know that where you're at. Be careful that when we begin to walk in the Spirit, we don't become conceited, provoking each other. Folks, I used to be free. I used to be free. I was a bachelor. I owned my own home for five years all by myself. I was just totally free. And then I got enslaved. I mean engaged. <laughs> I got engaged and then uh, uh, things I was free from. Then I wasn't free, but I was free to do some other stuff. And then I had kids, and then I got enslaved all over again. I, was, I had some freedom. Now, now they sucked all my money, all my time, all my energy out of me. I just think, man, you set free from one thing, you get these other things, man. They're just running around like crazy people, man. Good luck, Josh. Good luck, Katie, man. She's got three of them, too. <laughs> I don't want the freedom of being single. Mm-mm. I don't want the freedom of not having three awesome kids, loving Jesus, serving in the church, all good givers in every way. I, 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 don't want to, I, I, don't want, I don't want the freedom of not having kids. So I say to you, which freedom will you choose? Both of them have their boundaries. Only one of them has an eternal benefit. Father, as we close our service today, we're not closing our hearts. We want to take our notes, Jesus. We want to focus on them. We want to meditate on them. And we want you to bear in our hearts and in our minds that we want to love our neighbor as ourselves. We want to be like Christ. We want to exhibit the freedom fruits that you have given to us. And Jesus, will you prepare this church, this wonderful group of people for Pastor Daniel. Will you prepare it for him and his wife and his children to come here and to take this church to a place that you see and you have a vision for? Well, I, I just want to say to everybody here, serve one another in love. Press forward, as Pastor Daniel had said to us in his video last week, to prepare this church to be a place that rockets into God's will, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.